a storied CFL franchise. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. With a loyal and passionate following. We finally can say we're champions. Bring it back to the seat of champions. This is the show that brings you the stories and personalities of the green and gold. Yeah. <laughs> 6.30 chance. This is the Eskimo Show. Now your host, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 6.30, Chad. Motion starts. Riley takes the drop, waits and throws, and he's looking for the end zone. There it is. Touchdown, Eskimos. And Brandon Zilstra has his first professional touchdown, and the Eskimos will take the lead. It's Riley. Takes the snap. He'll give it to John White. Touchdown, Eskimos. Riley runs and then throws. How about that touchdown for the Eskimos? Waiting and all alone for it was Chris Getzlap. Ball goes to John White. No, it doesn't. Mike Riley's going to keep it, and he'll head to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimos. Mike Riley pulls it away from John White. He saw a wide-open corner. Took off. Touchdown, Eskimos. John White's got a pair as he takes it to the end zone for another touchdown for the Eskimos. They are piling on the Montreal Alouettes. That'll wrap it up. It's a happy Thanksgiving indeed for the Edmonton Eskimos who have won their third straight football game. They defeat the Montreal Alouettes. Hey everybody, good evening. How are you? Good to be back. The Eskimos show returns tonight. Uh, the Eskimos uh, are returning to work starting tomorrow. They were back in the classroom today. They'll be on the field tomorrow. Do you remember those highlights you just heard? Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? It was just a week ago, Thanksgiving Day. Eskimos with a 40 to 20 win over the Alouettes in Montreal. Third straight win for the Eskimos since then. Time off. The bye week over now, though. Tomorrow, back to work on the field for the Eskimos. Uh, they uh, had meetings today and did some off-field work. Back on the field tomorrow, getting set for the BC Lions coming up on Saturday. Uh, the red-hot Eskimos take on the Lions. Eskimos have now won three in a row. And while they were off, clinched a playoff spot. That's thanks to losses by Montreal and Toronto on Saturday. Eskimos now 8-7 and seven and will finish second or third in the West or third in the East. That means they could have any number of combinations for playoff games and there could be one at the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. That's an outside chance. Uh, there could be ones uh, uh, playoff games in Hamilton, in Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, maybe Winnipeg. Maybe BC. It's all open for the Eskimos. It'll all fall into place over the next three games starting Saturday in Vancouver against the Lions. A week later, they're in Hamilton. That wraps up the road portion of the regular schedule. Then they're back home for that November 5th game against the Toronto Argonauts to wrap up the regular season. We'll talk some football tonight with Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley. We'll also hear from linebacker Kenny Ladler. We'll also make a trip to Montreal. Wow, did that surprise you? How about that? The Alouettes today released both, both Duran Carter and Kenny Stafford. Uh, we'll go to Montreal and uh, talk about that with uh, Joey Alfieri, who will uh, join us later on in the program. First up, though, it is the name game. A court hearing denied an Ontario activist's attempt to bar the Cleveland Indians from using their team name and logo in the province of Ontario today. So it's business as usual for the Indians in Toronto this week in the ALCS, by the way. The Indians lead it now by a score of 4-2 to two over the Jays. They're top of the sixth inning right now. Uh, whether it's the Indians, the Braves, the Blackhawks, or, of course, the Redskins, whenever a fight to force one of those teams to change their name hits the news cycle, the name Eskimos becomes a part of it. Uh, to talk more about that, we bring in Eskimos president and CEO Len Rhodes right now. Uh, Len, thanks for your time tonight. How are you? 
Yeah, I'm pretty good, thank you, Morley. Uh, good stuff. Uh, it's come up again, and I know it's uh, it's come up many times, but I think this is all kind of fueled by what's going on in Ontario today over the Cleveland Indians name. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, people are talking about the Edmonton Eskimos name again. And I know uh, you've gone through this before. Tell me the Eskimos' official stance on this. Sure. The issue pops up every time there's a controversy with some of the other teams, and uh, it's not comparable. The Edmonton Eskimos uh, compare does not compare to the Cleveland Indians or the Washington Redskins. We don't use logos. Our position is that we use the Edmonton Eskimos name with the utmost respect, and we're inclusive of everyone within our community. Uh, as you know, we don't use any logos with caricatures, cartoons, or negative depiction. It's the EE that's our actual logo, and uh, to us, using the Edmonton Eskimos is uh, actually pays respect to the people of the North. And I know you had uh, a conversation this past off-season with people, correct? Yeah, I sure did. I met with uh, Nathan Obed. He's the president of ITK. He's based in Ottawa, and he's been in position since 2015. He wrote me a letter around Grey Cup time uh, asking for us to consider a name change, and I invited him to come meet me face-to-face. So in January of this past uh, year, he came to Commonwealth Stadium, and we had a meeting that lasted two hours. And we understood each other's uh, positions, and it was a very cordial exchange. And I thought that that was the first step in an ongoing dialogue and building a relationship. But it was the first time that we met on the on the topic, and we covered a lot of territory. Uh, did his stance soften at all? Not really. He said he would continue to advocate for change. And I said I would maintain our position is that we will always use the name with the utmost respect. Uh, we, as you know, uh, try to include everyone within this community. We stand up for a lot of social issues, and the Edmonton Eskimos are very proactive, and we have a great relationship with all people within the community, and we will continue to do so. Were you surprised today when John Tory uh, brought up the Edmonton Eskimos in Toronto? He, of course, is a former CFL commissioner, now mayor of Toronto, and decided today to start talking about the Edmonton Eskimos and how they need to change their name. Did that surprise you? Uh, surprise, no. Uh, people often have an opinion on things, and that's okay. Hell, heck, we live in a democracy. It's good that people are allowed to express opinions. But his opinion doesn't have more weight or less weight than anyone else's. It's uh, We listen to everyone on the matter, and he was a commissioner at the time and certainly made no changes on that front and didn't advocate for any change. Now he's in a different position as a politician. Sometimes your reference point's very different. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm aware of his comments today. I was contacted by the uh, Toronto Sun, and I uh, said what I'm telling you is that uh, glad to get his opinion, but I'm uh, glad to hear everyone's opinion on the matter, and that's what's beautiful about this. Do you, do you get to the point where you get uh, tired of defending yourself to these people? Not really. Uh, I think it's good to have this dialogue. We shouldn't run away from the, uh, the, the, the debate or the uh, conversation. We never do. Uh, the Eskimos says a club, we're always there to talk about things. Three or four weeks ago uh, at the latest, I was in the Northwest Territories. I brought the Grey Cup there, and I interacted with uh, all the members of the community. And everyone was really, really proud to be associated. And I can tell you, I've had elders from the Inuit community call me unprompted, saying they don't agree with uh, some of their leaders on that uh, aspect. So... There's no consensus amongst the Inuit community themselves as this, uh, at this point in time. An elder named Peter Ernick had called me when he knew that I met with 
um, Natanobed, and this gentleman was the second commissioner of Nunavut from 2000 to 2005. He's a member of the Inuit community, and he totally disagrees with the uh, viewpoint of some others that are advocating a name change. He feels like he's very proud to be associated with the Edmonton Eskimos, and uh, that's really the intent. We've had the name since 1949, and times change, but I can tell you, it's always the context in which you use a name that matters, and we always use it with the utmost pride. Otherwise, we'd be disrespecting ourselves. So the bottom line, Len, is that uh, there's uh, no thought of change, no conversation of a change, and the Edmonton Eskimos will remain. At this point in time, there's uh, no plans for any changes. We continue to listen to all viewpoints, as we always do on this matter, but we're very proud of the fact of how we're handling the name, and there is no comparison to some other of the examples that some people are trying to draw us in to the comparisons with the uh, Cleveland Indians where they use logos. Uh, our logo is EE. We don't use caricatures, and I'm very proud of that. All right, Len, on the football front, uh, you didn't play this past week, but you clinched the playoff spot, which is always nice. I know uh, the ultimate goal is the Grey Cup, but before that, you want, you want to get a home playoff game, but before that, you got to clinch a playoff spot, and you did that this past weekend. Oh, what a feeling. Uh, yes, sometimes, you know, it's nice to see how the other results go. You always try to take matters in your own hands and not depend on other teams. But during a bye week where we don't play, we literally did depend on other teams. And they got the job done for us. It's beautiful to be one of the six teams, six of the nine teams that are going to the playoffs. And your goal is always you got to get into the playoffs and then everything and anything can happen. And with the momentum that uh, this club is showing these days, uh, I, I put my money on this team. Uh, we're a good darn contender right now. Things are going well for sure. Len Rhodes, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Morley. Have a good one. Eskimos president and CEO Len Rhodes, and uh, I asked him if he gets tired of it. It seems every time one of these teams has their name in the news, uh, everyone says, oh, let's call the Eskimos and see what they think, if they're going to change their name or not. Uh, I, just, I just get the feeling, and I don't know how you feel about it, but it just feels to me that the Eskimos is different. Uh, maybe it's my rose-colored or my green and gold-colored glasses. I don't know. But it just seems Eskimos is different and has a different feel to it from Indians, from Braves, from the rest of them. Uh, but it will be a discussion that will go on, I'm sure, for a long, long time. Uh, still to come on the Eskimos show tonight, we'll check in with Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley. The Eskimos were back in class today. They had team meetings but uh, weren't on the field. They'll be on the field tomorrow. We'll get uh, Riley's take on what lies ahead over the final three games of the regular season and into the playoffs. Uh, we'll also head to Montreal as well and uh, find out what's going on with the Alouettes. What have they done? Cut receivers uh, Kenny Stafford and Deron Carter today. They're changing quarterbacks again for their game this week. Uh, we'll talk to Joey uh, Alfieri about that uh, later on in the program as well. Uh, coming up next, uh, linebacker Kenny Ladder will join us on the Eskimo Show on 630 Chet. This is the Eskimo Show with Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chet. 8.20 on the Eskimo Show. Looks like the Blue Jays are in a little bit of trouble. They're going to the seventh inning. They are down 4-2 to the Cleveland Indians in game three of the ALCS. The good news is they got a couple of runs. They only scored one run in two games in Cleveland. Uh, they're down 4-2 in this one now as they head to the seventh inning. Don't want to go down 3 nothing. That's for sure in the series. Uh, so, so difficult to climb back from that deficit. Uh, Blue Jays, though, still have some time to work with as they go to the seventh inning. Uh, Eskimos will be back on the field tomorrow. Uh, they're going to
Lightning set to resume play after the bye week. They will play in Vancouver on Saturday against the BC Lions. Big game. An Eskimo win in Vancouver will give them third place in the CFL Western standings tied with the BC Lions, but they'll get the tiebreaker. Eskimos already have a win over BC, and this would be the second. Won't be easy, though. Uh, BC, despite the fact they haven't won many in the last month, still pretty good football team and put up some numbers offensively. Man, they can uh, put up some numbers offensively. So it'll be a challenge for the Eskimos for sure. Uh, Saturday afternoon from BC Place, it'll be a 3.30 uh, pregame show, 5 o'clock for the kickoff here on 6.30. Ched with myself and Dave Campbell. Kenny Ladler will be there. Uh, Eskimo rookie linebackers had a pretty good season. His first in the CFL through 15 games. He's fourth on the team in tackles with 62. He's also got a couple of interceptions and a forced uh, fumble and a fumble recovery. Also has a defensive touchdown as well. Ladler has been a good find for the Eskimos for sure in their linebacking core. I talked to him earlier today and we began the conversation talking about the bye week. Oh, it was good. I um, caught up on some good rest and relaxation. So I had a good bye week. Did you, week. did you go home or did you stick around town? Oh, I stuck around. Um, I hung out. Um, my girlfriend had came up to visit, so I was um, spending a lot of time with her. So you showed her some of our. You showed her some of our fine weather then. Oh yeah, she definitely got a taste of of the snow, so <laughs> she uh, was a good experience for her. All right, let's uh, let's talk about how the team was playing before the bye week. You'd won three games in a row. Uh, it looks like things are really starting to come together for the Eskimos, both offensively and defensively. Give me your take on, on what's happened over the last month. Well, I think um, everybody's just playing together, and we're all playing, um, we're playing better, and we're all playing it on all phases. So offense, offense is showing up. Um, putting up touchdowns, defenses, doing their job, making stops, and we're doing good on special teams. So I think it's been a whole collective, um, whole collective group effort effort for this uh, for us for us putting the, putting ourselves in this position to go to the playoffs. Over the last three games, you've outscored your opponent 107 to 69. Uh, those are good numbers because it means your offense is scoring, but they, you don't need them to be scoring because the defense is playing so well. It's a it's a good uh, it's a good meshing point for both sides of the ball. Yeah, we definitely are reaching that um, point where I think we're everybody's peaking at um, the level, and that's that's where we want to go. We want to keep building off of how um, well we've been playing these past games and not not settle for what we just do what we just did those past three games. We wanna we wanna keep getting getting better each game. So we're uh we're just excited about um what we're doing and we're just ready to keep um striving. The Eskimos have won three straight games. They've clinched a playoff spot now. Uh, your take on where the team is uh, right now as you get set to head into the most important games of the season. Uh, you've won three in a row. You've got three games left in the regular season before the playoffs hit. It seems like everything's going pretty well right now. Yeah, we just want to um, we just want to continue to um, work on just perfecting our craft and um, what we do as Eskimos. So we just want to we just want to make sure that we're doing that each each and every day. And the, uh, the, our games will take care of themselves once we put the work in during the week. So we just want to continue to do that, take it one week at a time, and um, take each opponent the same way with a, um, attack mentality.
How's the year gone for you, Kenny? Uh, you uh, are in your first year of uh, pro football in the Canadian Football League. Uh, it's a it's a new league to you. It's new rules. It's uh, a really different way to play the game in in some aspects. What's the adjustment been like for you? Now you're you're a bunch of games into it now, and uh, 15 games into it. And I know head coach Jason Moss has talked about guys like you. And said they're not rookies anymore. They they should be able to. They they know the league now. They should be able to make the plays they need to make. Tell me about your year adjusting to the CFL. Well, um, I definitely have uh, a lot of. Learning experience early on during the season, uh, just adjusting to how the uh, game is played, how 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 wide the field is, also and how long the uh, plays can go, especially once you're in coverage, is just something that I I had to adjust to and uh, just make sure that I work work harder at, especially um, with with the width of the field. But um, that's that was one of the biggest adjustments. Also, just uh, after that, it was after that it was just play football and um, just learning learning the defense and everything, making sure that I knew my assignments and where I needed to be in the defense and uh, making making sure that I was in position to make plays. So that was that was just my biggest adjustment, making sure I was um, prepared to do all that I was asked. Is the caliber of play in the CFL better than you thought it was? Uh. I think I think it was um, competitive. I, I, I think that uh, I think that it was a very competitive from the from the start. I just I just think that uh, I was able to compete myself with my um, mentality. I just came in um, thinking that uh, making sure that I was able to compete as soon as I got in the league and make sure I was able to uh, dominate once I once I got in. I wanted to impress my coaches and my teammates. So I think that uh, I think it's I think it's been a, a very competitive so far. You got a chance this week to move into third place in the CFL West. You're heading to Vancouver to play the BC Lions. Uh, your thoughts on that game and, and what you know about the Lions? You beat them a couple of weeks back to start this uh, this win streak. A little bit about uh, the Lions and what you expect from them. A team that had a little bit of an issue the last month or so winning games, although offensively they're still putting up some big numbers. Uh, yeah, well, uh, the BC Lions, they're a very competitive team. They're a very talented team. And uh, they they definitely have the tools and capability of winning games. So we don't ever want to uh, take any opponent lightly. But I know that they have some capable playmakers on their team, like um, wide receiver Manning and uh, other guys that they have in the backfield, too, to attack. Um, our defense, so we have to be prepared for for them at um, all areas. We just gotta uh, make sure that we do what we do best, and make sure that we take care of our assignments, and uh, everybody do their job, and we'll be in great shape. Eskimos linebacker Kenny Ladler getting set to head to BC this weekend to take on the BC Lions. Blue Jays losing to Cleveland four-two in the seventh. Monday Night Football tonight: Arizona leading the New York Jets by a count of fourteen-three in the third quarter. Mike Riley, when we come back in the second half hour of the Eskimo Show, head to the newsroom now. It's eight twenty-eight on six thirty. Chet. You're listening to the Eskimo Show on Eskimos Radio, six thirty. Chet. 
Well, the Eskimos will be looking to make it four in a row coming up on Saturday afternoon. They'll be in Vancouver to play the BC Lions. Big, big game in the CFL West standings. Uh, the Eskimos can take over third place from the Lions with the win. 3.30 for the pregame show with myself and Dave Campbell. 5 o'clock for the kickoff from BC Place in Vancouver. The Eskimos and the BC Lions. First game in a while for the Eskimos. Haven't played since last Monday in Montreal against the Alouettes. The bye week has come to an end. Some players stayed in town all week. Some players went home to visit. One of those going home to visit was quarterback Mike Riley, who spent a few days in Seattle before coming back to Edmonton. He joins us now. Mike, welcome back to Edmonton. How was the bye week? Thanks, Morley. I appreciate it. I'm doing. I'm doing great, man. It was. Uh, it was a good break, but it's good to be back. No doubt. Uh, the bye week. Uh, it's never a bad time for the bye week. Uh, you guys probably had the worst two bye weeks as possible last year, but you made it work for you in both occasions. Uh, this year probably came at a pretty good time for you. Uh, we'll talk about the momentum situation later, but uh, it, it gives you a chance to get some rest and really get recuperated and get things pointed in the right direction for the final three games of the year. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, we, we've we been pretty healthy most of the season. We did have a few guys get dinged up in the last game. So an opportunity uh, to get an extra week of rest for those guys that needed it and for the rest of our guys just to kind of get away from it a little bit, recharge. Uh, obviously, these next uh, hopefully six games are, are the most important ones in the season. We all know uh, October, November is uh, – when the season is is truly really important and uh you know just to have everybody kind of fresh and and have the batteries recharged um i think it's going to be a very good situation for us i I know you are back to work today not on the field but but having some meetings and stuff Uh, what's it like after the bye week i don't know if everybody was there or not is it kind of like the first day of school again you know what? Uh, it, it is awesome to, to get back and to see everybody. It's kind of like uh, when you come back from Christmas break uh, when you're in school. It's not like the first day of school because uh, you know we've been going at this for a while. But it's like uh, you know you take that Christmas break and you're super excited about it. But then you're you're happy to be back and be back with your friends and stuff. Very similar situation here. Uh, you could just kind of feel the excitement and the energy in the meeting room uh, when we started our team meeting. Uh, guys were were happy for the rest, but more excited to be back and, and to get back to work and, and doing the stuff that we love to do. Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley with us on the Eskimos show tonight. Mike, talk about the fact uh, that you guys were rolling pretty well when the break hit. Uh, rest is always a good thing, and you'll always take a week off in the middle of the season when you can get it, but was it tough to walk away from a three-game win streak? Yeah, you know, that is a little bit difficult. Uh, it's kind of that fine balance, again, between getting the needed rest and, and getting healthy um, but also trying to continue with that momentum. Um, you know, we, we've been playing some pretty darn good football for about the last month, um, and the difference is, is, you know, we're not making the costly mistakes. Our penalties have been down. Um, you know, we've, we've been doing fairly good with the turnover battle. Obviously, we would have liked to have done better uh, against Montreal. But uh, for the most part, the mistakes that we were making earlier in the year, we've kind of eliminated those from our game. And uh, we knew ultimately that's kind of what was holding us back. And uh, to be able to string together some games where we, we kind of eliminated that and just were out playing, you know, some of our better football, um, you know, it is hard to walk away from that. But at the same time, uh, it was more important to get that rest. And I think the guys are, are ready and know how to pick up right where we left off uh, going into that break. So it, it was certainly uh, a good situation for us. And, uh, again, we just need to maintain that focus that we've had for the last month or so. 
in your mind, what's the key to picking up that momentum? What is the key thing that you have to do maybe this week at practice or in the game on Saturday in Vancouver to make sure that you're able to keep that momentum rolling even though it's been 10 days between games or more? You know, I think it's mainly just the urgency, the sense of urgency. Um, you know, we knew going into these last six games of the regular season how important they were going to be. Uh, we knew that we had dug ourselves in a little bit of a hole. Um, and the difference, again, is that we just came out with urgency, not just on game day, uh, but during the week of practice and made sure that we, we stressed the right things, the importance of the ball security, the importance of being locked in, dialed in every single play, uh, and again, during the week in practice to make sure that that translated to game day. So I think that's going to be the important thing. Uh, starting today in our meetings, uh, we certainly got off on the right foot. Everybody was locked in and ready to go. But, uh, you know, making sure that coming out tomorrow, our first day of practice on the field, that we have that sense of urgency. You know, we, we haven't accomplished anything yet, um, and we understand that in this game is more important than the Montreal game. And they're just, again, this time of season going to continue to get more and more important. So, uh, you know, our guys understand that. Um, I think they're excited to get back to work. And uh, nobody is feeling, I guess, a hangover as a result of that bye week. I think guys are, are locked in and ready to go. Thanks to your win in Montreal, then Alouette and Argonaut losses this past weekend. You clinched a playoff spot. Uh, is there a sense of relief there? for everybody after the as you mentioned the, the kind of <laughs> hole you got in earlier in the year I know it's the first step to, to what you want to accomplish this year but you still had to make that step yeah no question there's, I mean there's a, a few different ways that we kind of look at it the first one is uh, you know we, we don't really feel any more accomplishment after this week because we had a bye we didn't really do anything <laughs> the other teams that lost were, were the reason why we were able to clinch that playoff spot but at the same time, uh, you know, I've been saying it all year that, you know, we wanted to get off to a good start at the beginning of the season, but the overriding most important factor was to get into the postseason and make sure that we were playing our best football at that point in time. And both of those things were on the right track for. Obviously, we have clinched the playoff spot, um, and we are playing some of our best football, but it's important to maintain that not just to maintain it, but to continue to improve. We need to get better every single week. Uh, but it is it is always a nice feeling to know that you're going to get that opportunity to go into the playoffs because once the playoffs start, anything can happen. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, you know, we have bigger goals than just getting into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, now that we've secured the fact that we're going to be in the playoffs somewhere, uh, now the next step is trying to figure out where that seeding is going to be. And we're going to try our best to take care of you know what we can control and that's in these next three games uh, obviously we would love to host a playoff game and, and we need a little bit of help uh, in that regard to make that happen but none of that's possible if we don't take care of business on our end the next three weeks so again that is always the goal is just to to focus on what you can control and for us right now that's this game against BC. Uh, you mentioned that you want to be obviously playing your best football going into the postseason how close are to you that are are you to that right now? Um, I mean, we're we're closer right now than we have been at any point in the season. I truly believe we're playing our best football right now than we have all year. But as I mentioned just a moment ago, uh, it's not good enough. You know, if the playoffs were to start right now, we would not be where I want us to be. I would not feel comfortable with that. Uh, you know, and we have three weeks to get to that point. So. Um, we're certainly on the right track, but uh, again, each game becomes more important and each game becomes harder because it, 
the opposition is thinking the same way. So, uh, you know, there's still plenty of things that we need to improve on, and we will. And, and the step, uh, first step in that process was watching the game film and realizing we played against a, a very good defensive team. Uh, we came away with a win, a big win, um, but there was a lot of mistakes that we made that we can control and that we can clean up, um, and we're just going to try to continue to do that every week is, is pinpoint what those things are that we can improve on. You've outscored teams on this three-game win streak, 107 to 69. I believe my math tells me that's plus 38. Uh, is there not much better feeling, I would think, than scoring a lot of points when you don't need it, which translates into both your offense and your defense playing pretty well at the same time? Yeah, there's no question about it that, uh, you know, we've been playing very well as an entire team, uh, which is great, which is what you need to have happen. Certainly not every game is going to be that way. There's going to be times where you're going to need to score a ton of points in the 40 range. There's going to be games where you don't need to score more than 15. It just depends on how, how you're playing on the other side of the ball and uh, what the other team is doing. But the reality is that, you know, we've, we've kind of proven to ourselves that not only are we capable of putting up points in a hurry, but we're also capable of holding teams to a minimal amount of points. So that's, that's great to have that confidence. Uh, but again, uh, you can't rely either side of the ball. Our defense can't sit there and expect us to put 40 up, and we can't expect the defense to hold the other team uh, to the teens or low 20s. You know, we got to continue that mindset that we have to score every time we touch the ball, and our defense needs to continue to have the mindset that uh, they got to get us that ball back regardless of the circumstances of the game. So uh, it is a good confidence builder, but it's certainly something that uh, you know we don't we don't expect to rely on. When the schedule came out last February, everyone looked at the last uh, five games, in particular these four, this four-game road trip that you're on right now, and thought this is going to be a tough part of the schedule. Has it been as tough as you thought? You're halfway through it now. You've obviously got two wins, so things are going well that way. How difficult is it to play four straight road games? It is tough. I mean, there's there's no denying that. Uh, you know, anytime you got to go on the road for you know, even a single game to win on the road is difficult, let alone trying to string four of them in a row. Um, but at the same time, I, I, looking back on it now, I, I think it's been a bit of a blessing for our team uh, simply based on how our season has gone and the new pieces that we have uh, with the new coaching staff and with some new players that weren't part of our stretch last year. Um, you know, it's it's kind of been a a bonding situation for us to just go on the road and say, all right, it's us against everybody right now, and uh, we got to have each other's backs. And I, I think that we've grown, grown closer as a team as a result of that. Um, you know, again, we're, we're only halfway through this road stretch right now. So, um, you know, we got to continue that improvement. we got to continue to build and, and grow together as a team. Uh, but the reality of the situation, based on how the first part of the season went, is that even if things go perfectly for us, uh, you know, in the last three games of the regular season, we're going to be on the road at some point in the playoffs uh, if we ultimately get to the Grey Cup, which is our goal. So we got to be able to, you know, play well on the road. That's something that we've been able to do the last couple of weeks, um, you know, but uh, if you want to have success and you want to win the championship uh, from the situation that we're in, you got to be able to win games on the road against good teams. So we're learning how to do that, um, and we get a couple more opportunities uh, to, to continue along that stretch. Next up, it's the BC Lions, a team that struggled a little bit in the last month, dropped a couple of crucial games to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're a team that's likely going to be in a bad mood when you go to Vancouver this weekend. 
Yeah, I mean their games, uh, their games have been close, and they've been playing good football against a, a very good Winnipeg football team. So, um, you know, I don't think it's a situation of, of them not playing well. I think it's just you know, a lot of times in our league, uh, the difference in a win and a loss comes down to a handful of plays. You know, it could be six plays, it could be four, it could be two, it could be one single play. And, uh, you know, the last two games that they played against Winnipeg, that's certainly been the case. I mean, they've had an opportunity to win both of those games, uh, just came out on the short end of it. So, um, you know, my opinion of their team has not changed in the last uh, two weeks, and I don't think uh, anybody on our team would tell you otherwise. They're a very good football team. Um, you know, they're going to be itching to try to get a win uh, against us in their home stadium. So uh, it's going to be a dogfight again, just as the every week for the rest of this season is going to be. Um, so, you know, we need to come out and we need to be focused and we need to play a great football game uh, from this first snap till the last uh, if we want to uh, come away with that win. As always, Mike Rowley, thanks for your time. I appreciate your insight tonight. All right, thanks, Morley. Thanks for having me on. This is the Eskimo Show with Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, Blue Jays are down by two in the seventh inning, but they do have two on Josh Donaldson coming up to the plate. Game three of the ALCS. Cleveland leads it two games tonight. Monday Night Football tonight, uh, Arizona with a 21-3 lead over the New York Jets late in the third quarter. Uh, lots of news in the CFL today. Ricky Ray practice for the Argos. Looks like he'll start for them in their game this week. Big day in Montreal. Two veteran receivers were released with just three games to go. And another change at quarterback. To talk about it a bit more, Joey Alfieri of TSN Radio in Montreal joins us now. Hey, Joey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I imagine it's been a pretty hectic day in Montreal. Both Deron Carter and Kenny Stafford released by the Alouettes today. How much of a surprise was this to everyone? Yeah, I think the timing was really surprising. I mean, both players were going to be free agents um, this offseason, right? So uh, maybe, you know, if you decide not to bring them back in February, that's something else. But the fact that it happened uh, this morning uh, really caught me and I think all of, uh, you know, all the Alouettes fans uh, by surprise, and it's really a, a curious move with just three games left. Playoffs are, you know, there's still a slim chance of them getting in, but you have to think now that a lot of the receivers uh, on the roster and on the practice roster are going to have to step up and make plays, and it's not necessarily guys who've been counting on to make huge plays um, that often so far this season. So definitely I think it's a hit to the roster uh, in terms of on the field, but off the field, I mean, there were rumblings about uh, character concerns for sure. Yeah, was this more off-field, do you think, than on-field? Was it salary cap related? What was the main reason for this in your mind? Yeah, I don't think this had anything to do with the salary cap. Zero percent salary implications. I mean, most of those two guys have made their money um, already, so I don't think that's really going to affect the salary cap too, too much. I do think this is more of a of an off-field thing. I think, you know, just looking at these guys up close, and, you know, they sulk a little bit when they don't get the ball. And, uh, you, I mean, if you think about it, uh, Jacques Chatelain, before becoming interim head coach, he was the receiver's coach, right? So, I mean, he got to work with these guys very, very closely from the beginning of the season until now. And uh, he's already admitted um, earlier today on French radio uh, here in Montreal that this was all his decision. So obviously uh, the interim head coach is making you know decisions of this magnitude. So maybe that leads me to believe that they haven't told us yet, they haven't confirmed it, but maybe he's not the interim head coach. And maybe they already have a good idea that this is the guy they're going to roll with next year. Yeah, that's uh, that was going to be my next question. If they're allowing Jacques Chapelaine to make these kind of decisions, he is more than just an interim coach. He's a the guy they're allowing yeah. to kind of mold things right now at the end of this year to prepare for next year when he takes over full-time as head coach. 
Yeah, I mean, it's got to be at this point. I, I don't really see it any other way. If Jacques Chapdelain can cut a 25-year-old playmaker like Duran Carter, and, you know, he has that interim tag, uh, you know, I don't necessarily believe the interim head coach. You know, maybe maybe he doesn't even know if he's going to be the head coach next year for sure. But I think the Wettenhall family and President Mark Wakeman, maybe they have a better idea. Maybe they know that, you know, they've seen enough from this guy already, or maybe when they appointed him the interim head coach, maybe they knew already that no matter what happened uh, between now and the end of the season, that this guy would get another, you know, full off season and a whole training camp to, to do his thing. So, I mean, it certainly points in that direction. If he doesn't come back and if he doesn't keep the job uh, going into the off season, this would be a really curious decision. Joey Alfieri from TSN Radio in Montreal joining us, uh, talking about today's uh, big announcements from uh, Montreal. Uh, first off, Joey, who's going to replace these guys now in the lineup? Well, yeah, I mean, right now I think your go-to receivers become guys like Nick Lewis and B.J. Cunningham, and both guys have been extremely productive, but it's clear Deron Carter was the number one guy. Kenny Stafford's been a little up and down this season. Uh, he was injured for a good stretch. He, he had a foot injury earlier in the season, and really he's had just one big game um, since coming back to Montreal and signing this offseason. So I think you're looking at a couple of guys. Uh, Cody Hoffman, a guy on the practice roster, uh, he was on the team last year. Uh, started out of camp, out of the 2015 camp. He was a starter uh, for the Alouettes, hurt his foot as well. Uh, then he went on the, uh, you know, he went on the injured list until the very last game of the season, and he played that game. Ended up getting cut right before training camp just to be brought back. So Cody Hoffman is one guy to keep an eye on. And then there are two actual CFL veterans on the practice roster right now. One that you guys are familiar with, uh, in um, Marcus uh, Marcus Henry. Mm -hmm. He's on the practice roster. He's been kicking around a little bit. And uh, Taekwon Underwood, a former Tiger Cat, is also on the practice roster. So those are two guys that they're probably, or three guys that they're probably going to lean on more. And two of those guys uh, have some CFL experience. And Henry. That's Joey Alfieri of TSN Radio in Montreal. He also told us tonight that uh, Vernon Adams Jr. is going to get the start for the Alouettes this week at quarterback. Uh, thanks to our guests tonight, uh, Mike Riley, Kenny Ladler, and Eskimos President Len Rhodes. It'll all be up at 630Ched.com if you missed any of it. Eskimos back on the practice field tomorrow. They're in Vancouver to play the BC Lions on Saturday. My name is Morley Scott. Have a great evening, everybody. That's the Eskimo Show for this week.